Let's just get this over with, shall we? I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. Welcome to Episode 7 of Star Wars Rant Podcast, a very special episode. Big Rogue One trailer revealed tonight during the Olympics. With me tonight, I have our good friend, as always, Chad Viss, Mr. South Dakota Gamer. Chad, what's up? Go America! America, that's right. Uh, Michael Phelps, killing it as usual. He killed people? Um, he killed people in the pool. And they gave him medals for that. Gave him medals. Gold. Good job. Um, very good, yeah. So uh, you will notice that Brian North, or as we refer to him, B-Nob, is uh, not with us tonight. He's actually on the road traveling and uh, could not join us to talk about uh, this great Star Wars Rogue One trailer that debuted during the Olympics tonight. Chad, did you get to see it? I did, multiple times. Multiple times. I had to sit through two and a half hours of the Olympics <laughs> um, waiting for this thing. Huh. So, well, it's, you know, you're a good American. You should have been watching him anyway. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I mean, at least it was Michael Phelps, you know, um, breaking all the, the records. Well, I guess he didn't break any records, but he... Uh, he broke some the... hearts. He broke Whoa, some hearts, okay. you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so finally it, uh, you know, it came. It was about two and a half hours into the Olympics when they finally uh, premiered it. But it was kind of funny watching on Twitter, you know, all the Star Wars fans, you know, all their little memes about waiting for uh, the <laughs> It Rogue is pretty trailer. late. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I thought a few times, I had to walk away. We got a newborn at home, so I had a, I was actually babysitting. My wife went out and... Uh, so I had to uh, keep walking away from the TV. Of course, I was recording it on my DVR, so I wouldn't miss the trailer if it popped on. But a few times, I was like, man, I must have missed it. It's so late in the night. But then I'd look on Google or Twitter and, and saw that it still hadn't come yet. So huh. uh, I, was, I was surprised how late they aired it. But um, but they, it must have worked for them. I'm sure a lot of people were sticking around watching it if, if Twitter was any, uh, you know, uh, Indication. Indication, yes. Thank you for helping with there with that. So, so hey, what we're going to do is we're going to play the Star Wars Rogue One trailer because nothing is better on audio platforms than to play a video that you yeah. can't see. Nailed it. Um, but, uh, you know, you get to hear some of, the, uh, some of the Star Wars music that, you know, um, sounds like it might be in Rogue One. This kind of uh, sets the tone. You get to hear some uh, some of the acting a little bit, um, some of the uh, the phrases. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, let you hear it. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. Good. I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is 
as the Force wills it. The Captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day they grow stronger. There's a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. This is our chance to make a real difference. Are you with me? All the way. So good, so good. So, uh, you know, what was that sound I just heard? That was me. Sorry, no. uh, Obviously, Darth Vader um, appears at the end. We get a shot of the back of his uh, helmet, basically looking at a. uh, I don't know what that was. That was trajectory screen. It looked like yeah, red lines going everywhere. But uh, then, of course, his iconic uh, breathing (sighs) apparatus there. His asthmatic uh, problems. <clears throat> yes. So, uh, you know, we're going to break it down a little bit for you. Um, but just just before we do that, Chad, what's your impressions? What would you think? Is it December yet, please? Could it be December right now? Yeah. I want to see that uh, movie today. <laughs> I will leave this podcast to go watch that movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was very impressed. You know, I, one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I was watching it was just um, some of the angles of the shots. I mean, they looked. Um, it, it looks very well shot. And then you're turning into a real cinematographer here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it. Yeah. You know, it's, no, I like it. It. Um, it looks. It's unique. I mean, some of the shots aren't. It didn't look like your typical um, Star Wars shoot. Um, which is a good thing, and not that your the other Star Wars are shot poorly or anything, but it, it looks like it. De- it definitely has its own feel, mm-hmm. and um, and it looks interesting. Kind of drew me in, but then also just the some of the scenery and some of the uh, the big you know the big shots. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a shot of uh, Jeddah, and you know, very impressive. Looks very very cool. Um, there's a shot of the Death Star above Jeddah. And, um, you know, and there's a shot where it kind of causes an eclipse and it just, it looks beautiful. You know what I mean? The way it was shot and, uh, um, the ships, you know, you see a star destroyer, you know, and and it's kind of similar to what we've already seen, but it was kind of a different angle on it, but coming out of the shadow of the the Death Star. It looked huge. Look, it looked huge. It looked, it was very detailed. You know, you could see lights on, on different Uh parts of the star destroyer, which I thought was really cool. Um, the U ship, um, we get to see that a little bit more in action. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to last week's, uh, podcast, uh, b was talking about the U ship, but, um, I mean, to see it in action and kind of flying around looked very cool. Um, there's a shot of some X wings flying through, you know, like these, these rock towers basically. And just, um, it just looks like a really cool movie, a really fun movie to watch. And it looks, you know looks really intense i mean i think the mm-hmm. music helps um mm-hmm. draw you in 
um, but it, it looks like an intense movie. So yeah. I'm I'm impressed with what I've seen. Um, kind of puts me at ease with all these talks about reshoots. Totally. You know? So yep. anything cool. stand out to you from from what you saw? Anything that you were like, wow, that looks pretty sweet. Well, it says that the Star or Superstar Destroyer coming out of the shadow and seeing seeing all the details, seeing how large it was, and then to put it against the backdrop of the Death Star and it looks tiny. And I think that's a good comparison to how big this space station really is. And like I said, the eclipse scene where it just eclipses a, a sun of a planet, assuming it's Jetta. Yeah. Um, and then just to kind of see all the characters again, see... Uh, you know the what's the blind guy's name? Uh, Chirrut. Yeah, see Chirrut just kind of, and I think we've seen that scene before where he has his bow staff, but yeah. to hear him talk, it's as the force wills it, and just kind of take everyone out. Yeah, he's it's, a bad A. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, we get to see his buddy shooting a really big gun. Right. At a bunch so, of people. and if you saw the Star Wars panel, you you got to see him talk about the <laughs> the big really gun. Really big gun. I have a big but, gun. Uh, Really yeah, big. it's definitely big. They finally show it. Show the uh, the laser bolt even looks larger yeah. than uh, than normal. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great moments. I mean, it's yeah. I'm to the point now where it's like, all right, I don't need to see anything else. Let's let's go. You know, don't yeah. show me any more stuff. Nothing new. Which I assume we probably won't get any new ones, right? Like I bet we'll get one. You think we will? One more? A yeah. Third? Is that what I don't they know typically if, do? I don't know that it would be that as long. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would bet we'd see see yeah, one more, at least another or a teaser anyway. Yeah, got to um, see some of K two S O. You know, yeah, heard him got talk. to hear him talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's let's break it down. So it starts off the um, the trailer, um, and and I'm gonna use DorksideOfTheForce.com their breakdown um, because uh, they uh, they did a really good job. They got it in some screenshots, and um, it's well written. So. Props to them for that, um, and I'm just gonna use their hard work. Thank you, uh, <laughs> dark side of the force. But uh, we so, are too proud. Yeah, um, I don't. Have, I'll just be honest. I don't have time to break it down. I mean, <laughs> right. come on, people. Yeah. It's it's no. 11:38 at night. I have to go to work in the morning. You know, so uh, so uh, you know, it is what it is. At least we're honest. So. First, we have a large city set on a plateau with Imperial ships rising from it. The planet shown, um, and in several shots from the trailer, is, is likely Jeddah, which has been described as a frozen desert. Um, I never heard it described as a frozen desert. They reference uh, Star Wars data bank, so that's something we'll have to check out later. But it's it's like this yeah it's i mean it's exactly it's like a plateau looks like a big mountain and there's like this city on top of it looked really cool um and you know again jetta is supposed to be the mecca of the force where people go you know to get in tune or in touch with the force i guess yeah so um looked really cool but when you see it there's all these imperial ships flying around it um so obviously it's occupied um then it goes to a shot of Jen Erso and a shot of Saul Guerrera and Saul Guerrera is saying the world is coming undone and I think he says something uh, and you, you heard in the trailer about imperial flags everywhere everywhere error um and uh, so a little more Saul Guerrera. Um, 
and uh, you know he a lot of people were talking about the last trailer where he spoke and you know what will you become so uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> that was to pretty see good. what they yeah you like that yeah um, be interesting to see if they say anything about that but his character you know is is really becoming interesting to me the more I see of them um, still need to check out Clone Wars and catch up on the animated series um, at least the parts that he was in. Um, so then next, um, says next, we have an incredible shot of a mountain, which looks to be doubling as a fortress above a, which a star destroyer is hovering. Um, I thought that was kind of still the plateau. I could have been wrong, but the next handful of shots are from the same scene. We first glimpsed in the first teaser trailer from last spring, just highlighting frames we haven't seen before. So there's somewhere, you know, especially if you saw the sizzle reel, where they're walking through the streets of Jeddah and you see the, the tanks that the, the uh, stormtroopers are riding in and, and some skirmish going on there. Um, there's an officer that asks Jin, she says, can you uh, be trusted without your shackles? Um, then we see Cassie and Ander removes Lynn's shackles. Um, I'm sorry, Jin's shackles. And the young female rebel replies to the first officer, Let's get this over with, shall we? And then, of course, we see Mon Matha. Um, she proceeds to tell Jen about the mission to steal the Death Star plans. Then we are taken to a shot of a Star Destroyer hovering around the Death Star, and that's what we're talking about. Um, I thought it was a great shot, just how it comes out of the shadow. And again, it's not that kind of side scene that you saw before actually they do show that again but there's another shot where it's kind of a it's a full-on front of the star destroyer coming out of the shadow and i i thought it was kind of cool looking um next we're back at the base at yavin 4 ander tells Jin he wants in on her mission she agrees and they are seen pilot piloting a ship together and um it says possibly the u-wing that we see in a frame before so because, you know, the inside um, is unique. I haven't really seen it before in any of the Star Wars films, so it definitely does look like you would think the U-Wing, um, which looks like a really cool ship. Mm -hmm. um, so next we go to um, some smattering of different views, the first being what is likely Jin and Ander's ship flying through a canyon of towering rock formations at night. Next is a nighttime shot of... Bay's Malgus lining up a shot, or as Chad would say, Bay's. There you go. <laughs> um, then there's another shot of what looks like the U-Wing flying across a planet where the Star Destroyer was hovering earlier. Back to the shot of, uh, of Bay's where he's lining up the shot. You know, he says something to the fact of, you know, you guys, what's he say? Do you remember? Something about uh, they took their homes or something yeah. like that, right? Right, took our homes and our pets' heads are falling off. Yeah, our pets' heads um, are falling off. Yeah, but uh, so again, it's it's uh, clear that the planet is occupied by the Empire. Um, then there's a shot of Chira Imwi, Baze's friend, as he declares to the stormtroopers he's about uh, he, that he, he's about to face. He says, "I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it." So. Great moment. Again, yeah, we saw him fighting. He's the one with the bow staff. Um, he uh, He's blind, as we know, and he uses the Force to see. But, you know, I think that's the first mention of the Force in mm -hmm. these Rogue One trailers that I can remember. Yeah. Um, 
So again, at least for those that are fans of the Force in Star Wars, um, it, you know it's not going to be your typical Star Wars movie, but there is going to be some uh, some Force. I think we'll we'll get to see some of that. So um, cool cool scene there. Then um, next, Jin meets K2SO, a former Imperial security droid who is now Anders' friend and protector. And, again, that's the first time we get to see K2SO talk. He's real tall. Very tall. Seven, seven foot one um, is how tall it is. And that, it's pretty, he's pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he would intimidate me. Sure. Um, yeah. So, um, and he, uh, you know, from the side angle, he still has the Imperial or the Empire logo on mm-hmm. his shoulder there. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of cool to see him with the rebels and he has that logo, but, uh, he says, uh, I think he says something to the fact of, I won't kill you. Cause our Mike, you know, captain says that you're with us or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think he's going to be in, uh, we'll talk about him a little later in the podcast briefly, but I, I think he's going to be a fan favorite, um, because he's not going to be our typical droid that we, you know, we're used to seeing like, you know, the R2, D2, BB-8, C-3PO, the kind of silly, yeah. you know, sidekick droid. It's, it's, uh, he really does have a, a unique personality. Um, then we see some scenes of, uh, and, and remember when I said it, it was an impressive shot and I thought it was beautiful and it looked really good. Uh, the dark, the dork side force.com says, uh, next are some amazing shots of the Death Star over Jeddah, an eclipse and the view of Jeddah from an Imperial station with Krennic looking on broodingly. So we do see Krennic again in his white uh, cape uniform. He looks real, real mad. Looks very upset. He is <laughs> not happy. Um, plans are stolen. and uh, But um, it looked good. And like I said, it was a really good shot. I, I enjoyed yeah. that part. Yeah. Um, then we get some beach scenery. Uh, the next few shots are scenes of battle from the beaches of Scarif, the world above which the Death Star is being constructed. Okay. Um, and again, so you see storm, or I'm sorry, you see rebels coming out of the U ships, the tran- those transport ships. You see some of the battle scenes on the beach. Um, we get another shot of Chirrut. Um, blindly looking at you. Huh? <laughs> uh, K2SO then gives the Rogue One crew some encouragement by telling them they have about a 96% chance of failure. Um, for some it reason, sounds droids, like C-3PO. Yeah. yeah, as I say, some reason droids love to give the odds. To which uh, Ander says, never give me the odds. No, no that's not right. He say that. Uh, but he follows this up with, he means well. And then uh, Bodhi... Uh, Rook, the technician on the crew, looks bewildered. Um, Good word. Yeah, great scene for him. Uh, (laughs) All right, and then um, next we have some X-Wings flying through the darkness. In the next shot, Jin is saying presumably to Saw Gerrera, who is in the frame after hers, this is our chance to make a real difference. Um... So you almost get the vibe, you know, based on his, you know, what will you become comment mm. and, uh, you know, from her saying this is our chance to make a difference. She's She probably sought him out, is what I'm guessing, to get him to help her. 
yeah, get back in the fight. It's a kind of like it changed. It's it's a different attitude from her than at the beginning. Correct. The beginning is let's get this over with, and now it's like oh, now we have a chance to really make a difference. So it's like hopefully and assumedly we see that change from her from beginning to middle to end, and her kind of buying into the rebellion and wanting to to make a difference. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, and then uh, the next shot is one of the. Uh, of is one of untold destruction. It looks like the Death Star laser may be undergoing some preliminary testing. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, looks like rocks have been blown up. They're flying through some of that. Um, says Jin looks to be caught on a ship in the middle of the explosive storm in the next frame. I need to watch that again because I I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good shot. You see a ship flying. There's huh. debris flying everywhere, and it definitely looks like rocks. Uh, you know, cool. almost like canyons blowing up. Um, the next few frames of the trailer show Jin facing down a Tie Fighter, limping but ready for battle. And um, that Who was a cool to... shot. I bet yeah. that's a friendly, right? There's a friendly flying that. She's gonna get in it. You think so? Yes. She doesn't oh, look she scared. Has her, she has her gun drawn. Mm. Uh, again, looks, I need to watch it again. But I might write it down for the movie. Chad says that TIE fighter that's approaching her on that little walkway is a friendly in it. It's like the, think. It's the think, Chewbacca in the AT-AT on Endor. <laughs> I think it's near the end of the movie. And... She, the TIE fighter just shoots her and she dies. <laughs> so, the, de- I mean, the plans go flying through the air in slow motion, end yes. over end. Yes. R2-D2 yeah. comes uh, in and saves the day again. Maybe R2-D2 is flying the TIE fighter. Ooh, um, now we're getting crazy. <laughs> I felt like, the, I, I don't know, I felt like she was squaring off with it. But, uh, um, but at that point, I mean, you could tell she's been through some stuff. She's limping. It looks like her face is kind of... Uh, been through some things um she looks a little bloody i thought anyway um yeah. possibly a stroke maybe oh um it's pretty yeah, detailed well, yeah uh and um but it was a cool shot she's like on this platform some with, heartburn you know, with heartburn yeah yeah i look I like she, has she had some indigestion going on there Could yeah. be hemorrhoids that would explain well, the limp yeah no maybe not jacob furlow you had a hemorrhoid oh no Oh, no. Sorry. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, he doesn't even listen. Oh, well. Yeah. Didn't say it again. Jacob Furlow, you had a hemorrhoid. That's gross. They called you Tigger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, it was a cool shot, though. She's, like, on this platform uh, on the beach, so Scarif, it looks like, because I can see water below, I'm assuming. And... Um, and there's like this uh, walkway that she's on. So, you know, Star Wars, they love their catwalks. Mm. Um, but anyway, and then this TIE fighter just kind of comes up um, ominously. So it looks cool. In the next sequence, um, again now, this is not, uh, you know, in order as right, right. the movie goes. Sure. So um, <laughs> the next sequence is Jin asking, are you with me? And Andor responds all the way, and we get a group shot of the team whose mission is to steal the Death Star. And then Jim they're stealing looks, the Death Star, they're hijacking it. 
<laughs> like, get out of here. This is ours now. Uh, and they fly now, away real slow. Dork side of the force. Uh, I, if I'm going to steal your stuff, guys, you got to uh, <laughs> finish the sentence. So, yeah, it does say whose mission is to steal the Death Star. That's a plot they for- twist. They forgot plans. They're, forget, um, they're retconning everything. Yeah. Um, stole the Death Star. <laughs> and then they went and blew up Alderaan. So they're the real bad guys. Right. And you know what it makes me think? I've been reading about, this is a uh, off-topic, but I've been reading about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Ego yeah. is the... The living planet. The living planet, going to be the father of Star-Lord. And there's, mm-hmm. uh, in the comics, and this kind of makes me think of what you just said, in the comics, they um, he, he consumes uh, other planets and... and psh- people and things so in the comics they there's some ship and i can't remember what it is but they somehow they attach the ship to the planet or the person of ego and they just let it fly through space and he can't combat it but then eventually somehow he he gains control of the ship and then comes back but when you said steal the death star i almost had that picture (laughs) in my mind of them like lassoing something around it you're coming with us yeah and taking it um so there you go. And then uh, after after um, that group shot, though, Jin looks on them with a small smile. And then we get the money shot, which is the last shot we see. The new Rogue One trailer is the back of a familiar and sinister figure. The unmistakable sound of his breathing marks the last second of footage and obviously it's Darth Vader breathing. And as I look at it, this trajectory that we thought, I mean, it looks a whole heck of a lot like the Death Star. Uh, there's a big circle, and I see so a little circle. Is it like the map of when they were orbiting to the forest moon of Endor to blow that up? It's, it seems like it's... Could be. Could quickly, be. I mean, it's a second. But to see, like, the best route possible around something, who knows? Right. Are you saying it's like his GPS? Basically, yeah, it's like a giant GPS screen. Yep. So uh, thank you to Dork Side of the Force, uh, aside from that um, missing <laughs> plot point. Uh, very good breakdown of um, the uh, the trailer. So any last thoughts on the trailer, Chad? No, I think I'll go watch it again once we're done. Real quick. Yeah, I'll probably watch it a few times because uh, I'm obsessed. I did have my, uh, my kids saw it. Um, you know, and we've, we've been watching and, and this is them prompting I think because they've been playing battlefront. Yeah. Um, so they've wanted to see, and they've seen force awakens, but they, uh, they've been asking to see the other, uh, star Wars movies. So, um, you know, we've watched a new hope, then we watched empire and then return of the Jedi. So as we were watching this, the rogue one trailer, um, you know, Micah, my youngest, he's seven. He was asking, you know, so when is this? And I was trying to explain to him. Well, it's be- you know after Revenge of the Sith, before New Hope. It's when they got the plans to blow up the Death Star. And he's like, "Why do they keep going backwards?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh. "I was like, I don't know. They, just, they haven't told the story yet." But uh, but it was cool. They you know they wanted to see see it. You know, yeah, usually sure. when I ask them to watch something, they they blow me off. But come on, Dad. Yeah, I should go wake up my son right now and make him watch it. Trey, make him midnight. Um, wake up. You have to That's see right. this. And then tell him to break it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought it was great. Makes me look forward to uh, to a Rogue, uh, Rogue One even more. Um, 
Can't wait for December. But uh, and I'm sure you know as we move along, we're going to see a lot more plot points, um, a lot more breakdown of these trailers. Um, but I, you know, very encouraged by this last trailer we saw. So um, to that point, there was a uh, some news, and this was this came out a few weeks ago, but I don't think we've talked about it. And we've already talked about obviously Mon Mothma being in the movie. Um, everyone knows Darth Vader is going to be in the movie, but another. Uh, popular i would say popular character that is going to be in the movie is bail organa and um and it's played again by jimmy smith who was um in the prequels as um you know again i've been talking about that i've not liked how we're kind of distancing everything right from the prequels but there's going to be a cameo appearance by him um to what degree i don't know but we all know that he did um you know, he he was one of the key, or probably actually the father of, of the rebellion, getting it started and off the ground. He's actually going to be our character highlight. I'll read a little bio on him uh, a little later in the podcast, so stick around for that. Um, but that's some news on um, on a, a special cameo. Then uh, K2SO, um, played by Alan Tudyk, was. Uh, um, highlighted in Entertainment Weekly again, and they did a small little interview with him. And um, I'm going to read a, a few parts of this because, again, I think, especially after seeing, um, I've seen a few shots of him. You know, one teaser trailer, I guess, on the sizzle reel where uh, Jin hands uh, K2SO her bag, and yeah. as Jin <laughs> walks away, he just kind of looks at it That's and drops it on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Um, and then hearing him, you know, talk in this uh, this trailer, um, I think he really is going to be a fan favorite. So, um, just uh, just some quick words on K2SO. Getting at the core of reprogrammed security droid K2SO isn't easy. Not even for Alan Tudyk, the actor who plays him in Rogue One via motion capture. So he was played via motion capture. Again, this is coming from Entertainment Weekly. Um, so, but, you know, Alan Tudyk just mentions that K2SO, again, has no filter. Says, uh, there was an old line. It's not in there anymore. I don't think I can say it. Tudyk presses his knuckles against his mouth, squints, is silent for a minute, moment, then decides it's safer not to share it. So, unfortunately, he didn't share <laughs> what that line was. But uh, he says, um, uh, he says I can't say what I want to say, but K2 can say what he wants um, he says he can say insulting things very casually if he thinks they're true. They asked, does he feel emotion? And um, uh, the response was, uh, he's not an overly emotional guy. He's not like C-3PO, uh, who's like an effing neurotic mess. He's flappable. <laughs> uh, K2 is much more in the unflappable category. Um, says he does understand right from wrong. Before being drawn into the rebellion, K2 served a different master. Um, he was a security droid in the Empire, and they sort of enforce whatever needs to be enforced, uh, Tudyk says. Uh, he says they are imposing. He's seven foot one and follows orders pretty well. If you're asked, if you're asked to be detained, he can detain you. They stand guard, and if somebody doesn't mind them, they'll uh, they'll enforce the shiz out of you hmm. uh, and then um, says for all his rough edges K2 f also feels fierce loyalty 
especially towards Diego Luna's character, Rebel Captain Cassian Ander, who cleared the droid's databanks of Imperial programming and allowed him to break free of service to the galactic dictatorship. Uh, their friendship goes back long before the start of Rogue One. They've been around. They've been together for a while, a couple years. So um, there's your, kind of your time frame, a few years. They've been hanging around each other. Uh, Tudyk says he wants what Cassian wants. He loves Cassian because he freed him. It's also more paternal in that Cassian gave him life and took away the bonds of his programming. Um, and then, you know, Tudyk goes on to describe a scene where uh, K2 encounters some other K2 droids who are, um, you know, still serving the Empire. And um, it says it's a bittersweet moment for a droid who doesn't feel, um, you know, those sorts of things. So basically, um, he says, you do meet other K2s, and they don't have as much free will. We see them, and that's not him. Um, so huh. basically, it's saying that he, he looks at them, and he kind of feels bad for them in a sense. Sure. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah, K2SO does. Um, because these are still essentially droids, you know, under under bondage. Have, I was going to ask if have we seen this type of droid in the previous movies anywhere? Like no, the, his his face so. is similar to um, that the droid in Jabba the Hutt, um, and I can't remember what they call him. But uh, when uh, when C three PO and R two D two kind of go to the back uh, of the hut, taking like what they who they are, what they do, right? And he's assigning, yeah, he's assigning jobs mm-hmm. to them. Like to me, that facial structure sort of reminds me of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we've not seen them. Um, Interesting. Before. Um, and then, uh, he says, uh, he plays the droid with an English accent. Um, he says he felt like a lot of the Imperial characters are English Mm, and the rebels mm -hmm. tended to be like Han Solo. Mm. And when you think of Han Solo, you think American. America. Um, America. And, uh, because he's a droid, it made more sense to have a proper accent. So, um, I don't know how, you know, how should British people feel about that? Well, like... uh, Almost a lot of the people that play in in Star Wars talk that way, and then a lot of yeah. actors are also British. Like right. m- a lot of them are. They are, even on Walking I mean, Dead, which and, is not affiliated. But okay, and they do. I mean, they do a lot of filming there, you yeah. know, in England and such. So I mean, it's kind of where a lot of this stuff happens for Star Wars. You listen, you <clears throat> British people. You stop taking our acting jobs. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was yeah. on behalf of uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Okay. <laughs> um, so I you might. Fight. Yeah. You might consider Cassian and K2's relationship to be similar to Solo's and his Wookiee co pilot, especially since Rogue One director Gareth Edwards previously described K2 as a little bit like Chewbacca's personality in a droid's body. And then Tudyk says, Now, how the hell is that true? Uh, um, <laughs> So, anyway, um, so he's not sold on that. That's um, funny. He says, uh, Tudyk says, um, he's not sold on it because K2 is a stoic. He says, I see Chewbacca as very emotional. Then he says, but I don't speak Wookiee. Sure. So, um, so there you go. A little more on K2SO, who I think um, will be a fan favorite uh, when it comes to droids. I could see him like... I know the two will never meet, but BB-8 
if he ever did meet K2SO, I could just see K2SO like kicking him like a <laughs> soccer ball, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. Um, let's see. Do we have any other news? I do have some other news. It's not Rogue One news, but I did want to talk about it. And I think uh, you know, I don't know if it was B Knob or Chad. One of you guys might have brought it up last week, but um, I think B Knob did. The uh, you know what I'm gonna say? I, I bet I do. Okay, what? The extra Force Awakens Blu-rays. Wow, that's just pretty impressive. Oh, it's yeah. almost like there's an outline or something. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the uh, the new Blu-rays are coming out. Um, you know, it has 3D. It has just a traditional Blu-ray. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some extra bonus features that didn't come on... Um, you know the other the previously DVD that was released. Um, so the um, the big thing is there's going to be some deleted scenes. Like That's if not you, fair. Yeah, you know it's smart um, from a you know a business standpoint. Um, I suppose. But uh, um, but you know all the deleted scenes are going to be online anyway. Yeah, that's true. um, And you could probably even catch some of the other bonus features. So the other bonus features are going to be, it says Foley a Sonic Tale. Foley artists consisting of old pros and new talent unite to bring the world of Star Wars The Force Awakens alive through the matching of sound to action. And then there's going to be a, a bonus feature called Sounds of the Resistance. And it says, hear how the epic sound design of Star Wars The Force Awakens moves the Star Wars legacy forward. There's a bonus feature called Dressing the Galaxy. And it says, costume designer Michael Kaplan reveals how the costumes of the original Star Wars movies were re-envisioned for a new generation. Um, And then another one, The Scavenger and the Stormtrooper. A conversation with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. The two new stars share the thrill of working together on the adventure of a lifetime and becoming part of the Star Wars legacy. That one sounds kind of boring, right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, a little bit. And then inside the armory, take a fascinating tour through the design and creation of the weaponry in Star Wars The Force Awakens. So those are your bonus features. Aside from uh, deleted scenes, I think the armory one sounds kind of cool. Sounds of the Resistance, um, that sounds kind of cool. The other one's... uh, um, and then uh, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what kind of scenes we'll see. You know, they're talking probably we'll see the uh, Maz and Leia scene. Um, oh, that sure. was yeah, it was kind of shown in the trailers. You saw Maz's hand handing Leia the lightsaber. Um, so we're supposing huh. possibly we'll see that scene. That would be cool, right? So um, so that's that's the news. From uh, from episode eight, and uh, let's move on to Chad. What do you got, buddy? Hi, it's me. So you know what I'm going to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> so I was, uh... I'm a big old nerd. <laughs> so I was going to ask you and B Knob this question, and it's unscripted. But when is the first time we see Luke and really or anyone use the Force? To move something. Hold on. There is. Um, I, I, are we wait now? Are we talking about in any 
Um, you know, we're talking about in print or film. No, or, I in, mean, I'm talking about in the films specifically. In the films, so, like in the films, the the original trilogy. First of all, because those happened first, right? For as far as when they came out, yeah. when is the first time we see the force being used to move something? Now I'll tell you, it was by Luke. But yeah, I I think I know. Okay. When he was uh, with the Snow Yeti monster. The Wampa, yep, right. Wampa. Yep, when he's hanging upside down and he pulls right. the, the lightsaber to himself. Huh? That's the first How about time. That? Very good, very good. That's right, what do I get? So the, the, good job. Oh, that sucks. So that's the first time the Force is used to actually, in the films, to, to do any kind of motion pulling. And the first time for Luke that we saw. Now, obviously, when the prequels came out and, you know, the... The Jedi go on the the whatever the the droid ship. They push them immediately, like almost right away. You see them using the Force push um, Obi Wan to push away some of the B B one battle droids. Yeah. But so it happens right away in that trilogy. But in the originals, it didn't happen until he was in the cave. So it's the second movie. The only thing we saw with the Force in, in A New Hope is the Jedi mind trick being used by Obi Wan. And then Obi-Wan, I guess it's still the Jedi mind trick, using it to make the stormtroopers hear something so he could go around the tractor beam. Yeah, he did um, that. That's, and, I mean, the lightsaber is not Force. You know, that's that's a different thing. Those are the only few times that the Force was actually used. It was talked about. Uh, Vader, though. Yeah, Vader does the Force choke. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So that's, that's true on that side. <clears throat> but, you know, it wasn't really fully explored and maybe they really didn't know what to do with it but anyway bringing that back to my topic for today i mentioned last week that i finished aftermath and so i started right on another one um and that is star wars heir to the jedi um this is one of the first books that came out that was part of the new canon this came out in march of 2015 so where where does this fall into the timeline it takes place between um it takes place before uh, Empire and after A New Hope, so he's destroyed the Death Star, and and the author also said it takes place before the comic book series. Huh. So it's between A New Hope and Empire, and then more specifically, it's between A New Hope and the beginning of the the comic book. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish this, but after this, I want to talk about something that I actually have a beef with with the comic books. Okay. Um. And I, I think it may even roll into this a little bit since okay. it's in that timeline. Sure. Um, of you said after A New Hope, before Empire, but before right. the comic books. Right. Okay. Right. Let's hear it. Well, it it's the only book told from Luke's perspective, so it's the first. It's Luke's narration, so you hear Luke's thoughts. Are his thoughts whiny? No, not really. Do you it's read it to yourself? Kind of, yeah. Tashi Station. Yeah. Do you hear Mark Hamill's voice when you read it? No. Well, it's I don't. It's weird. I mean, I hear Luke's voice, I guess, but... That's it's, Mark Hamill. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange to read a book from his perspective. Yeah, sure. Because, you know... You just, I just haven't. I mean, I read the bloodlines I read was from Leia's perspective, and that didn't seem as strange as this one does. But this, I don't know why. It seems strange. I, I think it's because you're more feminine. Um, you kind of <laughs> lean that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I didn't so it felt natural. That. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's it's him 
after after destroying the Death Star and kind of finding his place in the Rebellion, um, he's done a couple missions. Han is off with Chewie doing stuff. Um, he's not so like I think the the author wanted it to be less weird with him and Leia. So like their relationship is not so lovey dovey, even though it still is in yeah. the movies at this point. Let me ask you a seg- uh, quick point on that. I mean, Lucas, George Lucas, at that point, knew... He says, that's what he says, I mean, they were brother and sister. So awkward. Like, when I watch it with my kids, yeah, and they it's know. so weird. It's Why so weird, they? right? Yeah, even that one time where she kisses him. Yeah. And he goes after Empire, and he, like, puts his hands behind his head. He's like, yeah. That's the yeah, worst I one. I got it. That's the worst one because she like, does it in front of him. in front yeah. of Han to, to like make him jealous. Yeah, uh, so odd, man. Yeah. Anyway, right. go ahead. That's beside the point. Yeah. So he go he meets a, a girl and he kind of like he kind of likes her. I forget her name, but she's a pilot. Um, he, she's a daughter of a very rich man uh, that has business dealings uh, with the Empire. Some, not that he'd want to, but at this point they don't. He doesn't really have a choice. You know, the Empire has kind of taken over the world and the universe, the galaxy, if you will. And so he, he's got he's made some money, and this, this girl has a real nice ship. And they Luke uses it to do some, you know, undercover reconnaissance missions and such. What are you going to say? I, see I don't know. I just thought face. it was kind of funny. She's got a real nice ship. She does. Yeah. She's got a lot of money. Got a but anyways, ride. So yeah. they do her dad a favor. Um, to try to get some information from him and get some things from him. So he asked them to help help them out finding... He sent a team to this planet uh, to basically catalog the animals and kind of find out what resources are there that he could sell. And like no his, Man's Sky? Or? Pretty much, I know. <laughs> the first crew died. Like They found footage of their transmissions back and they were killed. And so he sends another crew, and he hasn't heard back from him. So he asks Luke and his daughter to go find out what happened um, and come back. So they do that. Um, I won't spoil anything, but they come back, and the mission is a success. Uh, They get some credits to upgrade the ship that they're using so he can do another kind of secret mission for the Rebellion. And in between, while this happens, they're sitting at like this market. They went out to this market, and they're sitting eating food. And Luke is kind of telling her and has told her about the Jedi. Uh, he wants to become a Jedi. That's part of this book is him. I, I need someone to teach me. Ben is, didn't give me anything. He told me it was there. He started me down the path, but he didn't give me anything. I haven't learned anything. Yes, I have this lightsaber. I don't know how to use it. I don't know what to do with it. Um, and I know there's you know a ritual that you're supposed to make your own in order to actually be a Jedi. And I don't even know where to start. And so he's kind of searching, you know, for a way to figure out how to do this. Um, he focuses himself numerous times to try to feel the force through objects. Um, he actually comes across another lightsaber dealing with this girl's dad um, and is able to take it apart. And because it's not it's not the one, you know, Obi-Wan gave him, which was Anakin's. Um, and so he takes this thing apart and it, it he basically breaks it. Um, to try to see what's inside. He doesn't want to do it to his because he knows there's crystals in there. Um, And so he's afraid if I take it apart, I'll never get it back together. And sure enough, that's what happens. 
So there's no screws or anything on the outside of it, and he doesn't know how to get into it, so he tries to reach out with the force, and he finds the spot where it's weak. Opens it up and finds these two, and it's a yellow lightsaber. Um, he finds two kyber crystal-like, like they, they describe it as like wafer-thin, circular, you know, like almost lenses is what these kyber crystals are made out of. And there's two of them, and they're aligned in there perfectly to to focus the energy of the other components of it and when he opens it they fall out of place and it's he say he describes it as if they're almost hovering in space i mean they're not but they're so delicately put in there that there's no way without the force that you could do it like you couldn't use your fingers and put it in that spot it just wouldn't you'd have to control with the force so at this point he's been unable to do anything other than kind of feel things through the force like he did blocking those bolts on the Millennium Falcon. So they're sitting there talking and all this has happened. He's experienced that and he's kind of telling her these things. And she's like, I bet you could do it. You got to, you know, you, you seem like you have the will for it, you know. And then I'm like, oh, the Green Lantern? And so they're sitting <laughs> eating these noodles, right? And so she's like, here, here's a noodle. And she takes a noodle, puts it on the table. She's like, move it. He's like, right now? Right here? She's like, yeah, do it. I bet you can. I believe in you. And she wasn't mocking him. She was being legitimate. And so he closes his eyes and he reaches out with the force and tries to feel, you know, because the force is in everything. It's, it's everywhere. And he tries to reach out and feel and she, he finds the noodle. It's silly. <laughs> Find the noodle. That's he a, finds it on the table. Uh, I mean, and so many things you could have chosen. I know. You know. Right. <laughs> And so he he attempts to move it, you know, with his mind, and he feels like he's failed, and it's he's like, oh, I can't do it. And he I mean, many his... many men can relate, <laughs> so I've heard. He you know. opens his eyes, and she's like, "You did it! It moved." He's like, "I did." She's like, "Yeah, you moved it across the table." He's like, "Oh, I," you know, he's like shocked yeah. that he did that. You're such a pervert, Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? I didn't even think about <laughs> any of this until I started. Oh, maybe geez. it's because I started saying it out loud. Yeah. Uh, but reading it, that's not what I, you know, what I got. Move the noodle me. across the table. So it's it's his first time in canon, because it's canon, yeah. the first time that he has been able to force move an object. And obviously, you know, he gets to Empire and he gets to the Wampa, takes him back to his cave, hangs him upside yeah. down. And in that moment, he struggles a little bit with it too. He, you know, he really focuses and really kind of, and it moves a little bit. And he's, it seems like he's really trying hard to pull that lightsaber towards him. Right. He has to try like a couple times. Yeah. To, so to he's obviously not even gotten that good at it yet, but so he learns a little bit here and I don't know if they're going to give us any kind, any kind of indication if he'll learn something from someone or if he'll come across maybe some manuscripts or something that'll give him some direction before Empire comes around. But from this moment to knowing he could do it, you know, in Empire, yeah. and does he use it any other? I mean, he does I the can't. force jump at some point, right? Doesn't he when he's fighting in Vader? Empire? Yeah, he does a force jump. So he's he's definitely grasping the his abilities better. As he gets to Empire. And in, in the comics, if I recall, he does use the Force quite a bit more. Well, and that's so. That's, that's beef. my beef. Is, it seems like he regresses into Empire. Well, yeah. When you watch the. <clears throat> yeah. Obviously, the New Hope, he doesn't know anything, right? No. 
Right. Um, and then Empire, he's just starting to learn, right? Right. And it's Return of the Jedi when you get that sense of he not only... He claims to be a Jedi. Yeah, he, he says he is a Jedi. Um, he has, you know, um, good command of the Force, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then also just he just seems more confident in general. And, and he, assumedly that's... Excuse me, that's because he learned some stuff from Yoda, right? Right. Like, Yoda taught him a lot, stuff we didn't even see. But my beef with the comics is when you read these comics, and I'm still a fan, and I think you should read them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's doing some things in these comics, and these comics are set in between um, A New Hope and Empire. Right. That Luke in the comics is not the Luke of Empire. He's much more advanced, yeah. He's much more advanced. He's much more confident and cocky. Yeah. And it's... You know, and and so if you read those comics thinking you're going to get kind of like, a, you know, the, the in-between story and then move on to Empire, it does. It seems like he's regressed, like you said. I didn't think about that until, yeah, that's, yeah, that makes it's sense. It's something that kind of bothers me. And I think if, if they were going to do that, they should have done it after Empire. The, the stories between sure. Empire and Return of the Jedi should be him really, you know. Learning a lot. Yeah, being more, yeah, showing advanced uh, usage of the force and 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 having that confidence you know i mean yeah. some of the stuff he does um it's like that come on that is right. not the same luke so again i'm not you know he like rides that speeder yeah speeder in through just, like crashing atats and all these stormtroopers and he just is like no problem here, he, right. here comes luke so but yeah that's a good point that's a good um, point a little plot hole there but yeah I mean, again i guess it'd be stories. a little probably be a little boring if he was inept you know what i mean a boring story right. to tell but but you know anyway. they um and then they have uh he does find obi-wan's journals which they've yeah. they haven't really yeah. explored a ton of that yet no. um so you would think though there'd be some instruction in there to and then there is that way. scene when he's um with that hut and i can't remember the hut's name um, right, that collects all the Jedi stuff. Yeah, collects yeah. all these Jedi things and has you know all these holocrons, and um, he's like he's like, well, can you open this holocron? And you know he he tries to, and, and when you read it, it looks like he's not doing it. But then he ends up opening like all of them in this yeah. room, yeah. and then you see these these uh, you know Jedi basically giving their instructions. Mm-hmm. To you know, to people that find the the holocrons, and you know, says we are the last of the Jedi, and and it says there's one talking about how to build a lightsaber. Right. Um. You know, if you read it, so, and I can't remember in the story. Um. I don't think he ever got any of those, though. You know, it's not like he. Yeah, I th- I think something happened where he didn't get away with any of that stuff. Because I it thought stayed. when I'm reading it, I thought like, wow, maybe he's gonna. You know, this is Take how some. he learned yeah. some of this stuff. You know, and I was like, that kind of makes sense. But um, I can't remember what all happened now. I have to go back and read it. But but yeah, I don't yeah. think he got any of those to take with yeah. him. Hmm. So, but you finished the book? I have not. I'm about halfway through it. So okay. I maybe by next week I'll have it done, and then I'll probably get on to the next one. Well, yeah, maybe there'll be some more answers too. Yeah, um, right. I may learn some more things to some of that. So, uh, cool. I will report back. Report back, sir. That's right. 
When's Thrawn come out? Do we know? No, I didn't look that up still. It's, uh, I mean, season three of, that's one thing we didn't talk about, season three of uh, Rebels got a release date in September. I believe it was the 17th. Nice. Yeah, I got to get caught up on that. Still got to get caught up on Clone Wars. Um, man, I, we need more people to, to listen to the podcast. We need this thing to take off uh, <laughs> so that I can fully immerse myself in the uh, Star Wars universe. Google says uh, 2017. For Thrawn? For Thrawn. It's next year. Um, there's no exact date, just 2017. Do we know what other books are coming out in between now and then? Well, I know the third Aftermath book comes out in January. Do we know what that's about? That's the final trilo- trilogy for the Aftermath, so I would assume it'll finish Admiral Ray Sloan's story and Gallius Rax. Not Rex, like a T-Rex, but Gallius Rax's story. Um, I assume that'll kind of finish up that whole plot line. Very good. Um, so, moving right along, B-Nob is not here. We're going to jump right to character of the day. I don't even think we call it that. It's character highlight. It's the character of the day. Uh, Bail Organa is the uh, character spotlight. Bail Organa, a member of Alderaan's royal family and the planet's representative to the Republic Senate earned respect on Coruscant for his honesty and his commitment to justice. Prior to the Clone Wars, Bale served alongside Senator Padme Amadala as a member of Chancellor Palpatine's Loyalist Committee. The two became close friends and recruited like-minded allies to prevent Palpatine's alarming grabs for power. At the end of the war, Bale Organa adopted Padme's daughter, Leia, and raised her as an Alderanian princess. While representing Alderaan in the Imperial Senate, he worked secretly with allies such as Mon Mothma and Ahsoka Tano to assist rebel uh, rebel cells scattered across the galaxy. There's another book, Ahsoka. Sorry to interrupt. Ahsoka's book comes out in October. I have to start all over now, Chad. Uh, Bail Organa. Bail Organa, a character spotlight of the, no. Um, so, yeah, she worked with Osoka um, to assist rebel cells scattered Sorry. across the galaxy, working towards the day that a unified rebellion could emerge. Spoiler alert, Bail died when the what? Death Star destroyed his home world of Alderaan oh, uh, yeah, in A New right. Hope. That's right. He was on the planet, and uh, he's dead. Vaporized, but you will see him again in Rogue One. Yes, um, somehow aged, because um, <laughs> that's how Star Wars works. It's a long time ago, Brian. In a galaxy far, far away. Um, so there you go, character spotlight. Um, I think it was a good one to do. He's yeah. uh, the leader of the rebellion uh, alongside Mon Mothma, and uh, you know, some would say the father, the father of the rebellion. Sure. Right? Sure. So, good job, Jimmy Smiths. Oh, hey Um All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Chad, you got anything else to cover? That does it for me this week. 
Well, we want to thank you for listening to Star Wars Ramp Podcast. Check us out on Twitter. Maybe one day we'll get around to updating it at huh. uh, Star Wars Rant. And um, could tweet out uh, like a trailer or something, maybe. Yeah, I, I think know. I think a trailer came out. Um, yeah, might tweet it. about that. Um, I'm a big fat liar. Never updated the website. No, I you just, didn't. I, I did. I looked you and did. everything, and you never did. <clears throat> I don't have time. Okay. And uh, fair enough. I may or may not get around to it. So just listen to the podcast. Um, invite some friends. Um, Give us a review for for Pete's sake, um, Pete, Pete uh, Pete's Dragon, oh. and make it uh, <laughs> well make done. it a good review, you know, yeah, or that just would be appreciated. If it's gonna be a bad one, just just you know, we don't we don't want your review then. Whoa, so, wow, that's right. Okay, um, as K two S O would say, scratch, go scratch, go go. <laughs> I care less than zero. I care go less scratch. than zero. Go scratch. Uh huh. That's what K2S would say. <laughs> um, anyway, but no, we really appreciate appreciate you listening. Uh, B-Nob will be back next week. Um, so uh, we look forward to uh, his input, His uh, see what he thinks of the trailers. He'll bring the question of the day. Um, probably has two or three by now. And uh, <laughs> we'll have another character spotlight. And we'll talk about any news that breaks. So... Really appreciate you listening. Chad, thanks for taking the time to be on tonight. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.